Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast. I hope all of you are having a great start to the year. Some of you have asked me, "Hey Derek, when is the next episode coming out?" Well, here it is. So thanks for nudging me. I believe that I read more books in 2023 than in any other year, and I also believe that the books that I read were of higher quality than in the past. What this means is that now I have to somehow find a way to do even better this year. So friends, if you have read a great great book, please share the name with me. Today I want to share with you the three books that I enjoyed the most in 2023. First up is Never Finished by David Goggins. For those that don't know, David Goggins is a superhuman. His story is unbelievable. He is the only man to complete training as a Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, and Air Force tactical air controller. He is also an endurance athlete and currently works as a wildland firefighter and paramedic. I first came across David Goggins in July 2019 when I read his first book Can't Hurt Me. That book had a really big impact on me and one of his mental models is the 40% rule. According to David and he writes, most of us give up when we've only given around 40% of our maximum effort. Even when we feel like we've reached our absolute limit, we still have 60% more to give. So after reading the book, I decided to put the 40% rule to the test by going to the park to run a half marathon on my own with no training. I completed my run and it made me realize that I was leaving so much on the table. Then I gave the book to my mom and told her about this magical 40% rule. She completes the book in like 2-3 days and a month later she's at the starting line for her first 10k. And here's the kicker, she completes her 10k without walking and also without any extra training. The extra potential seemed to have come from a change in mindset. Anyway, so when David's second book came out, I made sure to get my hands on it. And in this book, you will see the transformation of David Goggins. I call this version David Goggins 2.0 and I like this version of David a lot. Here's one of my favorite lines from the book. David writes, "While my inner savage was alive and well, I was no longer that guy. Back in SEAL training, I loved when people froze up and quit. I felt it elevated me in some way, but that was ego-driven immaturity and poor leadership. These days, I consider it my business to make everyone better." no matter the job or situation during my interview with the north peace smoke jumpers i was asked to describe my best quality if you hire me i said everyone in my class will graduate that's my best quality it wasn't an empty promise it was an oath between can't hurt me and never finished i picked up so many great mental models from david goggins for example doing things for hours at a time not minutes the 40% rule the accountability mirror talent not required and performance without purpose next up on the list is the book showboat the life of kobe bryant by roland lazenby this book is about kobe bryant and the reason i read a 570 page book on kobe is because i have a younger brother who loves the game of basketball and his love for the game has spilled over to me. 
Growing up, I played football and never would have imagined myself picking up a completely new sport. Right now, I'm trying to learn the fundamentals of the game and it's exciting to be a complete beginner at something again. The title of the book Showboat is actually a nickname that uh, Shaq gave Kobe. What stood out for me the most was Kobe's insane level of work ethic and his insane level of self-belief. When Kobe was 11, he competed in the Sonny Hill League in Philly, which was a famous summer camp at the time. And Kobe went an entire summer without scoring a single basket. Not a single free throw, not a single layup, not a single jumper, nothing. And remember, this is the great Kobe Bryant we're talking about. The camp counselor actually said to Kobe, only one in a million make it to the NBA. To which Kobe replied, I'm going to be that one in a million. And his reasoning was, Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan had done it, so why not him? Over the coming years, Kobe kept practicing and working on his fundamentals. In an interview, he talked about taking a long-term view. He knew that he wasn't going to catch up to his peers in a year, but he knew that he was going to eventually catch up because he was practicing so much more. And this makes mathematical sense. James Clear has actually wrote about this in his book Atomic Habits. If you get 1% better every single day for one year, you'll end up 37 times better by the end of the year. And here's a story from Dwayne Wade in the book that I really like. Just a background on this story. So Team USA is training for the Beijing Olympics and Kobe is now one of the older members of the team. I remember one day we got into a city very early and everybody wanted to get some sleep before we had practice the next day. I remember getting up the next day and going there and Kobe was sitting down, iced down, drenched. What were you doing? Wade asked. I'm on my second workout already, Brian said. He was on his second workout before anyone else had even showed up. That's when I knew he was a different beast. He told me about his work ethic and his will to be great. Kobe sadly passed away on Jan 26, 2020. At Kobe's Celebration of Life event, this is what his big brother Michael Jordan had to say. He used to call me, text me, 11.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, talking about post-up move, footwork, and sometimes the triangle. At first, it was an aggravation, but then it turned into a certain passion. This kid had passion like you would never know. It's an amazing thing about passion. If you love something, you will go to the extreme to try to get it. Kobe cared either about the way I played the game or the way he wanted to play the game. He wanted to be the best basketball player that he could be. If you want to learn more about Kobe, I recommend the book Showboat and also the Netflix documentary The Redeem Team. Okay, the third book on my list is Born of This Land by Chung Ju Young. Most people have not heard of Chung Ju Young, but I'm sure you've heard of his company, Hyundai. There are so many great lessons in this book and, I have given a, and I've given away a few copies of his book. So just a quick background on Chung Ju Young. He was born in today's North Korea and grew up really poor on a farm. He tried running away from home four times and on his fourth attempt, he ended up in South Korea. He started doing odd jobs and kept plugging away, 
he eventually ended up as the richest man in South Korea. What's interesting to me is that his wealth came from three industries that are really capital intensive, auto, construction, and shipbuilding. One of my favorite stories from the book is how he entered the shipbuilding business in 1972. The conventional way is to first build the shipyard and then you build the ships. And this makes sense. But for Changju Young, this, was, this would have taken too long. So he decided to build the shipyard and the two ships at the same time. The Ulsan shipyard and the two oil tankers were completed in two years and three months and it became the largest shipyard in the world. So here you have a man who grew up in poverty, no formal education, no experience in the shipping business, and he somehow built the biggest shipyard in the world in record time. That's unbelievable. Today, the Hyundai Heavy Industries is the largest shipbuilding company in the world. Born of this land is one of the most inspiring biographies I have read, and I will have to reread it again soon. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please click the follow button on your podcast app. Thank you, and until next time.